3: Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense But we are a sub here to make things make sense
1: Today we are talking about alcohol as a carcinogen Is it as bad as smoking? Why in Canada are we being told to only have two drinks per week? And just what is the updated research about how alcohol creates cancer within you? Before that, we're going to get into our what did we learn this week? One about dimples as a deformity And one about extreme social withdrawal right now, we're going to talk about our lives for a bit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what are we going to talk about our lives? What's going on in our lives? Uh, wow, we saw second pod back. Yeah. We're on a roll. Good job, Mitch. Good job. <laughs> oh, uh, we saw what? what Megan. We oh, we finally saw Megan. Megan? M uh, M3 no. Gan. Yeah. I'm saying that properly. <laughs> Why is it a three? Well, I think in the movie, it's just three lines. But I think they can't yeah. like print that or it can't be on like like at a movie theater you need either an e or a three and i think they just thought it was funky to use the three do you know what i'm saying does that make sense no if you're not, listening I don't get it. the e in the movie is just three lines that are horizontal it doesn't uh, have the vertical line anyway but still why that why not just megan because it's too basic of an a name Maybe it's harder to trademark or something.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And the Megans wouldn't go. I was underwhelmed. Yeah. I'm a gay man who said that Megan was a six out of 10.
3: Here's what I I actually don't disagree, but I think Megan as uh, like a villain or as a character is iconic, was so funny, was so interesting, was so good. But the movie overall, I think as well, was like maybe a six for me. So because if you didn't know, it's like a gay cultural phenomenon. I know you know. I'm just talking to the listener. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is like a
1: sort of place, like like um nascent mundane white girl who dances and that's what you guys love. <laughs> well, I guess
3: cuz she also is like a plastic little Barbie kind of figure that moves funny and it's just, like, iconic. Like, I appreciated that the movie, and and this won't be spoilers, but was, like, self-aware and obviously was doing things that would make people in the movie were serious, but, like, would make the audience laugh. And I think... In those moments, I was like, oh, I kind of like this genre of horror that is kitschy. Yeah. But it just felt like I wished there was more of that and they should have leaned so hard into that because that would have made it even more iconic.
1: Yeah. There was like serious plot points that I was like, oh, snooze alert, like, let's get back this
3: to the little doll that
1: yeah. is AI that kills everyone so much. <laughs> but the tea in the gay group chat that I am in is mm-hmm. that the director... Are you in a gay group chat without me? I wish, but no, you're Okay, it too. then I just don't read it. You deserve it. <laughs> reading it. But the apparently it was like more gruesome, more violent, which I wished it was more of. And then when it started to go viral on TikTok and like the concept of the movie started to do really well amongst Gen Z, they recut it to be less violent and made it 14A so that teens could see it.
3: Huh. Which
1: is interesting because it did have like this vibe to me that was like, I honestly want... I wanted more gore, PG, more like- horror, more blood because it was sort of lacking in my opinion for what I thought it was going to be, which was so over the top. It was kind of like just sort of hmm. the,
3: the, the vi- I know I've never thought I would say this, but the violence wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like I didn't find that the violence wasn't enough. <laughs> like I, I, I know what you mean though. Like it wasn't a full on horror thriller where you get. They had some moments, but it didn't go all the way in. I just wish there was like more... It was really slow paced at first for me. Like the first half an hour was just setting up the premise as though it was like just a dramatic film without any really scary or funny moments. And I just wish they got to the chase way faster and that it was more about the doll and less about, like, the story surrounding her. And Allison
1: Williams is Marnie.
3: So, like, from Girls. Like, I couldn't help but be like, oh, Marnie from Girls
1: became a nerd who does AI... who designs AI... like, AI robots. She... And she just... I'm just like, girl, go to acting. Like, she just can't cry. Even yeah, as Marnie, like, so you true. see her, like, she'll, like, push with her eyes. And, like, they'll <laughs> obviously go a little bit watery. And then she'll do the the fingers in her eyes and flick away the tear that wasn't there. And she, like, did it right. again. It was yeah. just like, oh, my God. Like, there's something. Like, she's great as this, like, she's really good at being basic white girl number three. <laughs> which is important. We need to have representation for basic white girl number threes. But there is a part of me that was, like, there. Also, I couldn't help but think it was Marnie, and couldn't help mm-hmm. but think,
3: could yeah, she there doesn't have like a crazy. At least in the movies I've seen or the shows, a a large depth of characters she can play. Like yeah. she plays it kind of the same. Which, to be fair, a lot of actors do. Yeah. Even even some really famous actors who yeah. are good, you kind of go, oh, they're kind of themselves. Like, all okay, the Jennifer
1: Aniston's playing Rachel as Mom Number yeah, Two exactly. in another movie, <laughs>
3: and Ross is Ross. Yeah, they're it's all like that. they are just themselves. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's. Sometimes what you realize acting is, is just finding a way to do the role as yourself. Yeah, but which, then like actors that transcend themselves, like when you see the Meryl Streep's and stuff like that. Can like, you get a Kate Blanchett in yeah, the house? You realize, oh, they actually can be not themselves. And that I think is actually really unique. And like Megan was the came. best actor. In the yeah, and it and was I, iconic Wait, was Megan like a little kid with a mask? I couldn't figure that out. Sometimes I was like... The, definitely at some points it's a person but then the other times i was like i think that's animated but like there obviously it was a human body for a, yeah. a lot of it but there were I'd points say, where i was like this looks animated i'd
1: yeah. say watch at home it's already made tons of money oh, I agree. office. Yeah. it's not this like
3: fun watch like, but it's yeah. not like because it was so hyped too we saw yeah. it kind of late in the game it's not necessarily like if we didn't have that hype maybe we would have been more yeah. into it
1: eat an edible order a pizza <laughs> Watch, and watch at home. Man. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and and bring your money to like "Woman Talking," written by Sarah Polly, in the theaters. You know what I'm saying? Okay, let's get into it because we're not a movie review podcast.
0: Oh, what did we learn
1: this week? So I learned about my dimples. Cute. Which, Do you like your dimples? Okay, that's so funny. You said cute because I'm like, no, because you don't. I, well, okay, they code for innocence and like. When I was reading about this history, you mean code on like the evolutionary timeline? Yeah, sorry.
3: Like, <laughs> or are you Megan? No, no. Yeah, <laughs> hello.
1: I mean, if Megan was a gay man, also a good movie. Oh, but, you're gr- you're gr3g. Yeah, and if I was just like a murderous one <laughs> who was like slay, my friend. Like, when I was reading about. Dimples. They were explaining how through history. They've just like for whatever reason represented like innocence, and in some cases like beauty or whatever. But <laughs> <Yeah>. innocence, <laughs> like so funny. Well, no, that like, part. I don't know.
3: I've just done all this research <laughs> and realized dimples are innocence and beauty. I don't no, know. Well, okay, okay.
1: Like innocent, <laughs> like if as someone who would love to be called hot once, <laughs> like the best I've ever gotten is cute. Like, oh, you're cute. And I'm like, it's my dimples. Like, I never, it's like, it's keeping me in this, like, I'm a little dimpled baby. And I'm like,
3: I don't like, I don't like that. Like, I wish my cheeks were flat. Anyways. I think being cute is better than being hot, to be honest. Cute transcends. Hot expires. Wow. Wait, are you serious? What, tr- There's no such thing as a cute 50-year-old Yes, dad. there is. A hundred percent. There's I've like never...
1: cute older people. Like, like a cute Side little grandma note, or way. a cute little grandpa. <laughs> Yeah, okay, with Dimples. I'll, I'll peek when I'm a cute grandpa with <laughs> dimples. Although they do say with age, it can go away. But 20 to 30% of the population have this quote-unquote genetic deformity. That's why I started to read it. I was like, oh, I'm deformed. And it's, yeah, there's a specific muscle in your face called the myso-gy- myso-gy- oh god mysozygotic muscle. Okay. That is one muscle in most people. It's truly just not split literally physically split so when you have dimples it splits at the bottom and in your cheeks it's completely different if you have chin dimples but in your cheeks there's a deformity in specific chromosomes they haven't fully understood which chromosomes but it just causes this muscle to split they don't know why and yeah mostly also happens in kids and then as people age sometimes it like fuses Hmm. so to have dimples like me at like 35 is
3: like you maybe are gonna have them the rest of your life um, they, they do say with
1: aging and muscle like degradation in your face as you age, it can go away. Oh, okay. Okay. But they're, they're just saying like 20 to 30% of like kids and tweens have dimples and over time they, it, it decreases. like decreases. Okay.
3: So and we'll it's see, more rare we'll to see have if one. you're a cute grandpa.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm kind of like, are these going to go away? Cause like <laughs> then I'll really know if I like them or not. But I'm like, True. I wish I had them back. But they, um, yeah, the chin dimples is completely different, but it's still a deformity as well and still genetic. And yeah, I just didn't really know I had a deformity. <laughs> like, I mean, that's definition. one
3: way to put it. I guess it's just because it's not as common. But like, yeah. thirty to forty percent is like almost twenty half, to thirty. 20, oh, sorry, 30. but that's still like yeah. a third of the population. I, know, I, kinda, I wouldn't really call that a deformity. Me neither. Well, but I guess no, in their is. mind, they're like the muscle has. They're like the muscle deformed, been split, but it's not causing any issues, right? As far as you no, looked no, up. no,
1: it just except making you innocent and stuck in the cute trap. Your yeah, life.
3: it is interesting that it would cause that response in humans to be cute. I wonder if every culture sees dimples as cute or if it's like just where we are from.
1: Yeah, they talk about
3: different
1: cultures and have different ideas around them.
3: Mm. Youth
1: is like, and beauty is like one that they like talk about a lot. So much so that people do get dimpleplasty where they get plastic surgery to cut That's the muscle. so funny. But when <laughs> I was reading about those because I got super interested in that, it's a lot of people who have big cheeks mm-hmm. who don't like their cheeks. So they do it's, it to like... It's like a first course of plastic surgery action to be like, let's try this. Huh. Because then the, them. it like the dimples, sometimes people will like, like that more. Around. And then if not, they'll go like full on, like whatever face, wow. whatever it's called. Like when they, what's that line everyone has? It's so freaky. They look like when Lady Gaga did Born This Way and had the thing. Oh, like,
3: like the big bump on the face. It's yeah. like called Your something. Cheekbone?
1: They said sometimes before <laughs> they'll do whatever that is, they'll try a dimpleplasty.
3: Wow. I um, know. That's cr- Actually in this moment, I'm like, I guess, Evolutionarily, like babies are cute, and so big eyes are cute, and round heads are cute. And if you said it fades over time, more likely, I guess it does symbolize like a youthful trait, which might be why people find it like innocent and trustworthy and those kind of traits because it's more likely to be in children.
1: Exactly. I'm like, do I like that I look like a baby? No. But it's only really
3: when you smile. It's yours aren't like permanent or something. You know what I mean? It's not oh, like you have dimples all the time.
1: Yeah, but they also did say that too. It's it's
3: mostly when you smile. Yeah, it's I very guess.
1: rare that people just have dimples all the time. Yeah,
3: but a bum chin, on the other hand, I know you said it's different. That is permanent. What do you mean? I mean, people's bum chins are just like there. Their bum or their their bum dimples. Their so, chin dimples are usually there, just like even when they're not. Yeah, their but their they also
1: can um also only happen when they smile. Well, I guess that makes it's sense. Like You're muscle, like yeah,
3: deforming your face if that's the right word, like moving your muscles. So.
1: I think butt chins are hot,
3: right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> everything can be, if you own it, can be great. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not necessarily hot on everyone, but it's in the same way that like, if you just accept it, I'm like, you have to just accept your traits and yeah. everything can be cute and hot at the same time.
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: Thank you. <laughs> Namaste. Namas- <laughs> I like my dimples. Okay. What did you learn? Okay. Uh, extreme tone shift for my, what did you learn this Ooh, week? Oh, wow. Um, okay. Have you ever heard of Hikikomori. I just asked you about this before we started the
1: pod, so like you can just... No, <laughs> and if I were to erase that knowledge, it would be a Japanese word, and I, word and I wouldn't even yeah. want to go there. I it is a Japanese not, no word.
3: Um, it is a form of severe social withdrawal, which is first kind of recognized in Japan, um, as many of these kind of conditions you know, kind of come up are. And it's becoming more common worldwide, so... The name I think they've changed it to now, at least outside of Japan, is just extreme social withdrawal or ESW. Um, for like scientific literature, either of those phrases can be used. Um, it often is in young people who seclude themselves from most of the time at home and no longer engage in education or work or really anything um, and so, like are whoa, fully whoa. withdrawing from society. And so it. As Does young
1: f- people like, don't you have to go to school?
3: I mean, maybe I I don't know for sure if it's ever including people who would be at school age, but maybe it's like like late teens into your 20s. Like when you are in college and university and have more autonomy to like not go to school. Wow. Um, And yeah, literally, it's like people might isolate themselves in their bedrooms for months at a time. Uh, For a long time, this was only recognized in Japan, but more and more countries are beginning to look into this and study it because obviously it's also difficult to like find like to know. People are isolated, and you have to like find them and figure out what's going on. And is it for some other reason? Um, In Japan, they estimate that over a million people are in this category. It's about half of that is under the age of thirty, I think, or thirty-three, and then the other half is above that. And they estimate another one point five million are on the verge of Of what's the name of it again? In Japan, it's called hikikomori. Okay, and in the West we would call it extreme social withdrawal. They've okay. been trying to figure out like, um, should this be a psychiatric condition? Like, I think it's much. Uh, it's it's new. So a lot of like psychological studies and. Um, Science research is just starting to like do reviews and figure out what are the comorbidities? Are there treatments that we can implement that actually work? So it's all kind of new. Um, But there's three sort of primary factors to lead to someone in in Japan. They just say like these are the hypothesized three factors that they've noticed or or like not Hmm. that cause it, but allow it to proliferate. Okay. Number one, middle class affluence. So parents who have money are able to support their kids indefinitely even if they become isolated right so the kids are in their room Um. kids I'm using that word loosely right Um, but the parents are still able to provide them accommodation and food so is this like picturing someone living at
1: home with their parents yeah or even just like it's mostly I think kids who live at home because it seems like you'd have to be more than middle class to have pay for your kids' rent outside of home. Almost. That's true. Yeah. I,
3: I can't say for sure. Like you still, there are still are families who support yeah. their kids who don't live at home. Yeah, that's um, but, true. But the researchers found that lower income families see really low cases of this because huh. you have to be out in public working and being around people. It's not an option to just sit at home. Yeah. With, and without I a think, job? I think that kind of, sorry
1: like these people don't have yeah they don't
3: have jobs they don't go to school they don't go to activities they isolate uh, in the rooms the second factor was the inability of parents to recognize and act upon their slow slide into isolation so obviously it's like a gradual thing that happens but Mm. parents don't know what to do or they don't even necessarily see it at first and then the third was this is again in japan but they're trying to extrapolate to the world now like flat economic factors and a shaky job market makes things feel pointless for these people because huh. they're like, okay, what? I'm going to go, especially in Japan, it's like an extremely competitive industry. You have to go for, to school for so long if you want to get like a quote-unquote elite job hmm. that people feel like I'm going to put in all that work, maybe not even get a job. What's the point What's of this? the point in like going to school yeah. if
1: it's not for sure?
3: huh. Uh-huh. So it's Whoa. becoming a bigger problem. I find it really interesting. I've been thinking about doing a video on it, both like the science aspect and the social aspect. Because
1: isn't it kind of what people talk about a lot right now.
3: Yeah, so COVID-19 obviously has exacerbated it, but those studies and research are still trying to figure out like what is going on. And they there's some research that says like maybe the digital age is impacting this. Doesn't like, that seem it's still like, not, yeah? Yeah, I guess it's just like studies haven't found a proper connection yeah. and it's still being investigated like internet addiction and games, but it's at that stage where they're like, we can't just say that's the problem. Well, because right?
1: what would one do in their room without technology like if you
3: maybe just write. be alone space out like they, they wow. I mean they could I guess read, they don't or they could yeah. just be like tired and sleep and again it's like such a sort of new field of understanding and, and seeing it as a growing problem in Japan they talked about the issue being when this you know million people are, and their parents are old and die or need help and then these kids suddenly have to like figure out no longer kids Um, have to figure out what they're going to do and re-enter the world. Like they foresee this as um, a big hurdle in Japanese culture, which I'm sure it will be for other cultures as well.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's just a vague thing that people talk about vaguely. It's cool that it Mm -hmm. has a name and it's like, you should do a video on that. Just because I have so many questions and it's like easy to generalize. Yeah.
3: And obviously there's a sliding scale of social isolation. And I think a lot of people can relate to it now, especially coming out of the pandemic when, we all had to isolate so much and maybe some people became really like comfortable with it and out of the pandemic, it's harder and harder. Not that we're like fully out of it, but you know what I mean? Reintegrating into society, it's harder. Even for me, I feel lucky I have you because you're super social, but I feel more, I have to put in more work to be able to see people now than yeah. before because you just come comfortable with like, you're oh, it's the
1: weekend. I'm going to stay home. Going to the office. Exactly. Like, we never yeah. really had that, but if that was taken away from you, that's like mm-hmm. so much of your socializing.
3: Yeah. So I just thought it was an interesting thing I read about. And um, there's a lot out there. So maybe I will one day make a video on it. But it feels like I need to do a lot of digging and maybe connect with some experts. I have many a
1: question. Okay. So now we're going to take a break and then come back and talk about... The poison. (laughs) The poison that That we talk about a lot. But it just is getting worse according to the lit. And that's short (laughs) for literature. No longer is alcohol lit. We got to read the lit.
3: Okay. Let's read it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like something's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from reaching your goals? Like, I've been really keen to make more music and dedicate creative time to it, but honestly, sometimes I just get really in my head and feel completely overwhelmed. BetterHelp will assess your personal needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist that you can start communicating with in under 48 hours. The counseling is done securely online and is available worldwide with a broad range of expertise available, some which may not always be available locally in many areas. Not only can you schedule weekly video or phone sessions, getting to skip the uncomfortable waiting rooms of traditional therapy, but you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and get timely and thoughtful responses. BetterHelp lets you change counselors at any time, so you'll always get a great therapeutic match, and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling with financial aid available. Just head to betterhelp.com sidenote to get 10% off your first month and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Again, that's betterhelp.com sidenote for 10% off your first month. Study time. study time, study time, study time. So this is coming out
1: of Canada's newest guidelines, which <laughs> says that you should not exceed two drinks per week.
3: Per week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two drinks of alcohol, sorry. Drink water, people. Oh yeah, but it, it le- has led at least here to some uproarious controversy for people talking about how much alcohol they consume and what is reasonable some people misconstruing what it's saying, whether you're allowed to have more than two weeks of drink versus realizing it's just a recommendation. Um, and but also
1: it's, it's, it's also bled outside of Canada. Oh, totally. Even though Canada said this, when you do the research, it's like Europe and America, everyone's like, what? To what Canada said. Because mm-hmm. every country has their own sort of like guidelines. guidelines. Yeah. And this is from like Health Canada. But then the WHO also had very recent talks about this how like Mm. how alcohol is a carcinogen and a lot of the research is because of it being considered a carcinogen
3: right which Which it has been classified as one for a long time yeah despite there being older research that has long been debunked now or at least like called into question about oh like having a glass of wine a day or two glasses of wine is actually healthy like these kind of things have per been pervasive in society, like thinking those. That and, was a really
1: fun time, but
3: Yeah, that exactly. was a headline. I know, and I remember being like, oh, fun, I'm going to have my little glass of wine. Not that I did, did it that often, but if ever I did have a glass of wine, I was like... like oh, oh,
1: just maybe just like going for a run. But yeah,
3: exactly. Well, okay, so uh, before this,
1: Canada's guidelines were advising women to have no more than 10 drinks per week and men no more than 15, so it's like...
3: that. Is actually wild to how big of a difference it is. Yeah. I
1: think that's why people were like, because that is like a big drop. Yeah. But a lot of the research has... A full drop. (laughs) Yeah. What do you mean a full drop? Like almost all of it. Yeah. It ain't a little drop of wine. It's a big (laughs) chug-a-lug-a-lug. That's like bottles of wine out the door. But the research came out of COVID because so many more people were drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. Like they did research on sales of alcohol and it all increased in COVID. And that led to scientists being like, okay, maybe we should essentially research alcohol more and think about public awareness around it. But those studies that said that drinking was quote unquote good. And a lot of it had to do with France. It was like, look at all these French people. They live so long and they (laughs) love alcohol. But the reason that those were debunked was because they were realizing that people who were non-drinkers, it was because they had health problems.
3: That was what? Bringing the life expectancy of non-drinkers down? Is that what you mean? Yes.
1: If you think about it, it's like if someone isn't drinking, it's likely due to a comorbidity that they have, so therefore they're not drinking. Whereas people who are drinking a little bit are usually, quote-unquote, healthier. is what they've realized. They have one
3: choice and autonomy to drink because they're not as concerned about their health. Yeah,
1: so they were saying these studies never took into consideration the fact that people drinking a little bit throughout life are probably healthy, whereas people who aren't drinking at all sometimes are people who've been told not to drink because they're unhealthy. So then those people are maybe dying earlier or have other conditions, yeah. and the people who are drinking a lot, they're, a little their whole life are really healthy, and then they're not, then they're like, oh, the alcohol's making you live longer. It's like, no, that's not what's happening.
3: Yeah, and I've always heard, um, like, affluence plays a big role, right? So if you can not only afford to have a few glasses of wine a, a night, um, but if that's part of, like, your culture, you're also probably yeah. in general conflating it with somebody who has access to, like, healthier foods and maybe is able to, like, understand which foods are good and bad for your health. And so for a long time, it's it's been harder to parse apart those things.
1: Drinking a little bit. Okay, well, how do I say this without confusing everything? Drinking a little bit is like, in my head, that person's healthy. Because it's like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, you, yeah, you're like, oh, I'm actually going to go out for a gorgeous French meal. That's $200 and have one martini. Like, it's something right. so, that to me is like, oh, that spells rich. That spells Well, it c- sounds control. like it's moderation as well. Which but like, That's what I'm saying. Like, people who can drink a bit, to me, right. it's like mentally healthy. Like, it, people who binge drink and who are like alcoholics, like, that's you like a it's sign of so many things. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you can actually manage to have even just like six drinks a week at a, cause you're going out to like gorgeous dinners because mm-hmm. you're, you have your spin class and then you
3: have like a couple more. Marti- <laughs> like, I don't know. There's
1: just something about like yeah. And, and we, like we're always told
3: culture. everything in moderation, like even healthy things for you in too high of a dose can be toxic. And so it, from the outside, it stands for a reason that like, having a drink here and there or like a couple times a week wouldn't necessarily be bad for you. But yeah. obviously now more and more research is coming in that's basically saying actually no amount of alcohol is good for you ever. And to be clear, that's not saying that there aren't some impacts of alcohol that could be considered healthy. But overall, like they play a negative role in our lives. Well, because
1: right? it's a carcinogen. That's the thing that I exactly. crazy. So just, just because like something a- might... Yeah. Yeah. That's what we should think of it as now. Mm-hmm. Or we always should have. But I And wasn't. I think
3: like most people know it's not a good thing. And like the way that we drink, for example, when we're going to a night out, like neither of us are casual drinkers. And that we don't really like have drinks if we're just like having dinner at home or watching TV. But we both will like go out and drink way more than these recommendations. Yeah. And binge drink. and then But I obviously- always knew that wasn't good for me. You know, like, I knew, like, having a night with 10 drinks was I didn't know it was a good. carcinogen. I guess I... That's, yeah.
1: That's what, the, that's what this should be about. Because I think that's what is the news headlines. That's what yeah. people are freaking out. People always knew alcohol was bad for them. Like, there's no way. Like, you wake up hungover. Right. You're not like, that
3: was great. You're like, I want to literally die. Yeah. And it's associated with, like, drinking and smoking and all these things that we know are considered vices. Like, alcohol has yeah. always been considered a vice. Yeah. So obviously culturally even on a world scale i think people do know alcohol is not good for them yeah but i guess it's balancing for people like what it provides them whether that's relief or relaxation and i'm not saying those that's good to like use know. it as a tool what for do you that. mean like think it could be wait what do you mean no i i'm saying people might themselves be like well what is worse me having a drink or two a night where i actually wind down and relax or just enduring the stress of my life. I'm not saying like one is better than the other, but I think that's people's perspectives of like, they use it as a relaxing tool and as a coping mechanism and as a social tool. And so it's like trying to balance out. I think the guidelines are saying alcohol in no dose is good for you. But to me, it's sort of like, it's all confounded in this like, well, maybe the substance isn't good for you, but is it providing something else for you? Like to be See, social is very healthy. That's
1: the thing. Like, I think I'm like what I'm taking from this is so different than it's all about it being a carcinogen. Yeah. Like that's to me, the main thing that I'm like, what the heck? Cause yeah, you're right. Like people might be like, I want two glasses of wine night to relax. I just don't know how many people were, are like almost thinking of it like a cigarette and it being a carcinogen. Like that's yeah, what I but, think but, is but, the thing that, is to me so interesting about all this new research is like, I never thought of it like that. Mm-hmm. I always was like, yeah. oh, okay. It's going to impact my liver. It's going to make me dehydrated. Yeah. But now what they're realizing or what I've realized from this research is that it's like, it's increasing my risk of throat cancer yeah. and stomach cancer and colon cancer. Like I was like, what? and breast
3: cancer for women too. And
1: breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So the, the study in Canada, found that 25% of drinkers, Canadian drinkers, do not know that alcohol can cause cancer. Hmm. But outside of that, women, a, a way higher percentage, do know the link between alcohol and breast cancer. Okay. So, like, the fact that it causes breast cancer, as a man, my ignorance, my male privilege, I didn't know that, mm-hmm. but it says, according to studies, a lot of women actually do know that. Like, right. maybe when they go to the doctor. Talk to doctors, yeah. Like, I just haven't been told that because I got right. Like my sex and gender match up as man, so my doctor hasn't said that to me. But um, there's a thirty to fifty percent increase in breast cancer from baseline for moderate alcohol use in women, and that of all of this carcinogen talk has actually been the most understood, mm. even though I didn't previous really know this. that. Previous yeah. to this, the study that Canada just released was like in general. 25% of people don't realize it causes cancer, but mm-hmm. women are way more aware of it's linked to breast cancer. Right. But in men, they found that in 2013, this was an old study, 6,000 cancer deaths that year were esophagus, throat and mouth cancer caused by alcohol.
3: Like they could say are directly linked to yeah. alcohol so use. So
1: they're sort of saying like people know, especially women that alcohol causes breast cancer. And the thing is that men need to start realizing is that it causes throat mm-hmm. and esophage- esophagus cancer and prostate cancer and colon cancer in men. Right. So I think there was a time where the breast cancer conversation was really big about alcohol and men were probably like off the hook right. or whatever. And now they're like, okay, we need to rewind because it's, they're now saying two drinks per week for all genders and sexes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like, that's interesting because in the, past it was like women drink less
3: men you can yeah drink. and I think like the thing that gets funny around all these kind of conversations especially when there's guidelines like we just did the gas stove episode and I have a video coming out people immediately think like they're being told what to do but in both of these cases it's like letting you know what is happening yeah, right that's all I care about I'm like I wanna you to can know. still have more than two drinks a week it's just now you're educated that actually it's gonna increase your risk of certain cancers I'm so paranoid
1: about my throat because I have tonsils the size of golf balls every time I <laughs> open my mouth at the doctor if I have like a new doctor they like they're like oh my god can you breathe and I'm like yes I have giant tonsils that get strep throat all the time I hate my throat I actually hate my throat <laughs> no who's not the throat goat me
3: what's so, the throat goat oh, oh greatest of all time.
1: god old. mitch and you say that you're a megan watching gay
3: wait that was a throat goat like what, i don't like even want to explain
1: goat? this <laughs> yes it's like it's like there's like oh, the i've Cam literally Petrus never heard that really life. i'm straight <laughs> Terry Joe, the best part of life and TikTok was talking about being a throat goat. Today. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The greatest of all time if you're a throat I goat. I knew
3: greatest of all time. I just didn't know like exactly what it was referencing. I'm sorry. I'm a, 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 I am don't know
1: what to say. I don't know. I'm like, what is throat goat? It's like slut culture. Gen, it's Gen
3: Z-ish. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to only be gay yeah. to be a throat goat.
1: Well, just because it's a Kim, Petr- a Kim Petra song. I'm the throat goat. Oh, yeah,
3: I love her, but I didn't even know that was a song. Yeah. She fell off for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, it means you're good at,
3: you know, people. Yeah, okay, I got it. I'm caught up to speed. I'm shy all of a sudden. Yeah. (laughs) I can't say blow (laughs) off. Anyways. Yeah, you've literally told us every (laughs) intimate detail of your life on this podcast. I guess you can tell we've been away for a while. You're literally afraid to be like,
1: dick. (laughs) I'm a koi fish. Club, club. But anyways, I'm afraid of throat cancer. Always have been. Mm. Never thought about how alcohol impacts throat cancer. So now I'm like... I want to know that. I know. I want to know that. I, yeah. It's important for me to know that as I chug my Negroni.
3: Anyways. And I'm sure, like, you know, even think about decades ago when they were like, actually, you know what? Cigarettes are bad for you. There was probably a pretty big backlash of people being like, well, it's just fun. It's just me relaxing. And like, yeah. what the heck? Are you trying to control what I have? And it's like, well, overall, like, it's it's probably for your benefit. You don't have to do it. But it's like, at least helpful to know, and you can take what you want with that information.
1: And it's not, we'll get into the physiology of how the cancer works later, but like, when you smoke, it burns your lungs. When you drink, it burns your throat. Yeah. like theres It actually
3: hurts too. Like, that's why you mask it up in all these juices. And if you don't, I mean, then you know what it tastes like when you swallow alcohol and you're like, this is detergent.
1: It causes throat, (laughs) esophageal, and stomach cancer. What are the three parts of your body that burn during a tequila shot? your throat, esophagus, stomach. (laughs) Like it's sort of, it's like sometimes funny how you're like, oh, makes it so obvious. But yeah, so the new research talks about how consuming alcohol, no matter in what amount, will increase your chance of getting those cancers. So like your pharynx, your throat, your esophagus, your stomach, then all the way to the colon and the rectum cancer. So those are all, you know, essentially your GI tract where the alcohol is like interacting with your body. And so the biochemistry of why exactly it happens is less detailed than smoking, for example. So like we know why smoking causes cancer and how it causes cancer in the lung. There's been a lot of research. They're going to be increasing the research on this. But what they think and know is that alcohol can change your genes. It's genotoxic as a substance. Mm. And so acetylaldehyde, which is like created in your liver, it's a byproduct of drinking, which we... Talk a lot about in our alcohol episodes damages and blocks DNA synthesis and repair in your body. It also um, can disrupt DNA methylation, and then alcohol in general produces free radicals in your body. Those are like reactive oxygen molecules that essentially like mess up your DNA mm. and nitrogen. Um, it oxidative nitrogen in your body. Also, it serves as a solvent to be- tobacco metabolites. So if you're smoking while drinking it increases the cancerous effects of the tobacco Mm. that you're inhaling. When I was thinking about that, I'm like, so many people do that. They go hand in hand. Yeah, totally. And then, yeah, they also ethanol, it causes inflammation in your body. And we like, weirdly through cellular biology know that inflammation causes cancer which is so confusing in some ways but it's like kind of chronic
3: inflammation especially yeah yeah
1: and then essentially creates oxidative stress in a variety of ways that they now are realizing that is what causes cancer when you smoke so it's like okay whole like although they don't know the direct pathways as detailed they know that that's what it does and that's enough for me to be like okay when you smoke
3: or when you drink drink yeah you said smoke but it's okay Oh, sorry. What happens when you drink?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But like oxidative stress, inflammation, acetylaldehyde actually damaging DNA, I'm like, yeah, now I that's know scary. it's a, But it's like I didn't know. Yeah, that. not
3: I didn't yeah. know that. It's true. Like I didn't and even if you kind of like not that you can subconsciously know these things, but it's just like it's been brought to the forefront of a conversation. Like again, I'm not trying to like bring up the gas stove thing again, but it's like obviously I didn't ever really think that like burning gas in my kitchen was good, good, but I never I ever thought really thought about it. it. But even if you had, if someone had looked at me and said, okay, what do you actually think? Like, do you think this is good? Like healthy for your lungs? You'd probably be like, well, hopefully it's just not that bad. Yeah. But I know it's not good. Yeah. And so same with alcohol. I'm like, I know it's not good, but I just hadn't really thought about it being potentially yeah. that bad. I always hearing those words like damaging DNA, DNA, you're like, "Oh, that's actually really scary." Yeah, and
1: oxidative stress, all of these things that I've learned about and it, it's considered a class 1 carcinogen, which is the same as smoking, asbestos, eating processed meat and eating red meat. Mm. But the point from what I read in these studies is that just cuz they're class 1 carcinogens doesn't mean that they're equally carcinogenic
3: i see okay to be
1: a class one carcinogen there has to be proof that it causes cancer okay. period so it's but like, not
3: necessarily to what degree yeah
1: not to the same amount it's like there's convincing evidence that the agent causes cancer the evaluation is usually based on epidemiological studies showing the development of cancer in exposed humans but they can differ in severity okay so i think some people have been like It's the new smoking, because it's a class one, and so Mm -hmm. is asbestos, and so is smoking. But it's like, those are all different. Red meat and processed meat also, we know, cause cancer, so they're class one, too. Yeah,
3: and obviously, like, you're still able to get those on a shelf. You can still get cigarettes on a shelf. Yeah, Like, like they're still available, but it's, like, good to know. And I I think, I'm not trying to minimize it at all, but two things I'll say, that all these studies often use percentages and headlines grab onto them. But if something is like a 50% increase from your baseline, it might actually mean like it's going from a 2% chance to a 2.5 a, to a 3% or chance. 3%. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I know math. <laughs> no, I don't even know math. I'm like, is that wrong? Yeah. Um, but you. in it general, mean like
1: 30% of people are getting cancer. Yeah. It's not like yeah.
3: suddenly when you drink, it doubles the amount of people are getting it. It's more like, okay, what was the, the probability yeah. of somebody getting cancer, throat cancer in society when they drink alcohol? It goes up by 50%, but that might still be a smaller percent. And these numbers are not related to alcohol. I'm just saying in general, it's important to know, like in your life, you have to like balance what is worth yeah. your mental energy trying to... Um, keep yourself safe. Yeah. And I think it's so healthy and good to know these things, but not to obsess to a degree that you're like, oh my God, I'm going to get cancer if I'm doing yeah. this. It just is increasing your probability. And then the second thing I was going to say, because I've seen this discourse a lot, is like, how come, I mean, there was a viral clip of that Canadian guy, I don't know if he was outside of like a beer store or LCB or something, being like, why aren't we being told to stop drinking two liters of pop a day? Which I guess on one hand, I'm like, I do think those conversations have been had, but I guess pop is not considered a, a carcinogen. Yeah, it's not. Um, right? But like at the same not a carcinogen. time, it's like it, we Wait, know. wait, wait.
1: Is sugar a carcinogen?
3: I don't think so. No. Okay. But it's bad. But like it's like it's, cardiovascular. Yeah, right it now. can cause like a many other issues to health. Okay. Um, like I'm pretty sure we're I'm not just like, I'm jumping like, oh, sugar oh into like God. drinks and they're like, yeah, it's a class one carcinogen. Because <laughs> I'm like, we're going okay,
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I know. It's not. Okay.
3: Um, but maybe look that up and double check. <laughs> anyway, like... I mean, like there are lots of things we're consuming around us. That doesn't... Sometimes that's like a an argument just to like throw, what do you say? Like distract. Cause it's like, yeah, all these things can actually be bad at once. Like you probably shouldn't be drinking two liters of pop a day and you probably shouldn't be having too many drinks a day. So it says that, yeah, sugar in no way is,
1: a carcinogen it's not a class one carcinogen no epidemiological studies have linked sugar increase to cancer to can- so that's why
3: right but it can lead to other like yeah heart issues Cardi- diabetes, yeah, cardio-vascular. things that can affect yeah. your health overall but just yes. not cancer
1: yeah but um, i'm saying so the guy outside the beer store was directly relating sugar to alcohol
3: well he was just himself being like why aren't we being told to have like one pop a week like, why oh, is the focus here when we gotcha. know? I think his point, he was just kind of, I think it went viral because he was like a character and just kind of like, you know, not yelling, but like being a little bit funny. Like um, how many pops it's like, why don't I know are many we pops, supposed right? to have a week? Like let us know. I think that's like the, maybe the delineation is that these researchers and um, people who make these recommendations are like, well, this is literally a carcinogen and cancer yeah. is like a huge problem, but it's so an interesting is point, sugar. I guess. Yeah. And there's tons of food that, you know, living in a country with regulated foods still get to go on our shelves that are clearly bad for us yeah, and obviously impacting long-term health. And so for people who are like, well, I use alcohol to relax. It's like part of my weekly habit. It's a positive thing or it's a social thing. Maybe I'm at home alone, but it's still a positive thing for some people. Yeah, I think they're hearing this as like, well, why are you coming after us? Yeah, I'm not saying that's necessarily a good argument, but I can understand. Like obviously if you're drinking like 12 drinks a day like i'm not saying that's a good thing at all (laughs) but um maybe there are people out there who are like i literally have a couple drinks a couple times a week and what's wrong with that so
1: yeah that is interesting i guess and i wonder if there is like health canada guidelines about sugar
3: i mean there probably are but they're obviously not being like viral like this. And I think this goes viral because it's alcohol. So people like connect to it in a different way. Yeah.
1: So 4% of all cancers worldwide every year are caused by alcohol. And then 20,000 cancer related deaths in the U S which is 3.5% of all cancer related deaths in the U S every year are caused by alcohol. Mm. So like it's, it's,
3: and that is just cancer too, right? Like alcohol is ever, Issues. Yes, this is just cancer, yeah,
1: which is what I focus on because it's what made me most interested as someone who, like, truly has made a, quite a few videos about alcohol on mm-hmm. the internet from a science yeah. perspective and never considered it carcinogenic in my head. Right, you're thinking which is like almost crusing. a social impact or like drinking and driving, or like, yeah, this doesn't account for domestic abuse. The amount right. of men who kill women related to alcohol is mm-hmm. staggeringly high. This doesn't account for car accident like alcohol yeah. kills or so even many like liver
3: damage right so i had read that in the u.s interestingly going into the pandemic between 2019 2020 and 2020 um the rate of death from alcohol increased 26 percent wow um and they said the most common reasons were alcohol liver disease and 2.3 <laughs> times as many patients were referred for a liver transplant and the other oh. one was mental and behavioral disorders. So like wow. obviously yeah. even outside of it being a carcinogen, it can have like pretty intense impacts on it's extremely your, addictive. Your, your yeah. Mental abilities and your as well as your physical abilities. Um, yeah,
1: that's what I mean. I've always talked about that aspect of like how it affects your brain, what it makes you feel, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And now it's like, I did not know it's causing three point five percent of all cancers. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. So, anyways. So, will that,
3: you keep drinking is the question. <laughs>
1: um, well, okay, wait. The other thing I want to talk about was the labeling thing. Because that's what this was all about, too, was that Canada is the most like progressive in the world about labeling cigarettes and marijuana as like dangerous for you. Yeah. Like the cigarette packages in Canada always have like disgusting people's like, pictures, like, mouths or and, like cancer, f-
3: pictures of hearts and stuff that have been yeah. lungs that have been impacted on the box.
1: And people from other countries would come here and be like, that's wild. Like you mm. just have to stare at it it's while you gruesome. smoke. Yeah. It's gruesome. And so they did a test in Canada where they put in bold letters that it's a carcinogen explain these things on alcohol bottles, and it decreased the sale of alcohol in that area by 7%. Mm. So they do think a lot of money is going into making this not happen. Alcohol companies don't want... There's money money to be lost. There's money to be lost from alcohol companies. But Canada, doing this sort of like public health two drinks a week, people are thinking, are are, are we going to be the first country to do this? Mm. To label it. Because that's sort of yeah. what we're known for. Right. Like
3: That will be interesting. It'll definitely be an interesting cognitive change. And it's ironic that, I mean, it changed recently in years. But, you know, you could only get alcohol from government stores in most of Canada. Like in Ontario, there's the LCBO. Now grocery yeah. stores and places can sell it. But for a long time, you could only get it from the government. So the irony of like the problem being government recommendation but then they're yeah, typically where you it, get yeah. get it from. Uh, obviously it's a complex issue and like
1: And if you're a publicly funded healthcare system, you might be like we actually want to save money on our healthcare system. Yeah, we can
3: actually healthy. yeah, exactly by having a healthier population overall. Yes, we're making money on alcohol sales and tax from that, but maybe we're losing money on healthcare costs because a lot of people end up sick from this. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. I think it could be cool to see the labeling of it. Cause again, I just couldn't, be, I just didn't think of it as a carcinogen. Yeah. It, no, I think it's, it has it's, changed my perspective on alcohol. Yeah. If you it just has. even on a
3: bottle of wine just said like alcohol is a known carcinogen. Boom. That's, That's all. all I would need to know. Yeah.
1: Cause I'd be like, say it well. Yeah. Like if I hadn't known that read this stuff this week, I would yeah, be like Google. Your, yeah. And you Google it and it comes right up there. And I'm like, where have I been? Yeah,
3: but even those things are like, it's difficult to communicate that with the public because it's also like, it's not the same as like swallowing like cleaner. You know what I mean? Like it it would be intense to have it on a bottle, but it's like making sure the public understands what that means so they can make choices about, okay, like, am I okay having a carcinogen go into my body? What does that actually yeah. mean? And it would, yeah. That sugar thing is interesting. Because, like, if sugar was a carcinogen, I'd be
1: like, that does need to go on all the pot bottles. Yeah, But then well, I'm like, where does it stop? Like, I don't know. And,
3: like, why are only carcinogens needing labels? I yes. guess because they're more obviously directly linked, right? But it's like, true. Like, heart disease kills so many people. That's mm-hmm. related to sugar. But it's not, like, maybe as, I don't know.
1: Like, there's something there that is, like, I'm so curious about like from a higher level of like bureaucracy, like yeah. where to start and end. It's just interesting. It's epidemiology. It's like public health yeah. questions. Yeah. It's but fascinating. It's definitely changed my perspective of alcohol. 100%. I so
3: will you change drinking habits? Because I, of it?
1: I genuinely think so. Because when I think about marijuana, like I love to consume marijuana, I no longer inhale it. Mm-hmm. I eat it. Like, I think carcinogenic things do freak me out because that's one beautiful thing about a science degree is you learn like the physicality of cellular processes and you're like, this directly creates cancer. Like I know how it works learning about like oxidative stress and the inflammation and as it I never thought about them as carcinogenic. I always just was like, okay, uh, heart disease. Okay, well, I can run and be active and do all these other things to mitigate the liver is such a regenerative organ. Like (laughs) I'm not going to get cancer of the liver. Like Mm -hmm. I, now that I'm like throat cancer is something I'm really scared of. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so what I don't, I don't smoke. Like I own, I always never smoked because of cancer. That was the only reason I didn't smoke cigarettes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, of course I wanted to go out with the cool kids and have a cigarette. Are you kidding? (laughs) That's what I would have done if it didn't cause cancer. Like, right. So I think, yeah, yeah, I'm just, I just, when it goes down my throat and it burns, I'm going to be like, okay.
3: Yeah. And for all the reasons that people may give or quote unquote excuses for like alcohol being useful in their life, there are other ways to get those impacts. Like of, of relaxing, of being social, like it is not the be all end all of those things. And so obviously yeah. at least there's replacements that people can find that What about you? Do you think it'll
1: impact your drinking?
3: Um, I don't think I drink that much. Like I certainly don't drink casually very often unless we're like traveling and going to restaurants and wanting to try fun cocktails. So that does happen. But I don't know. Like I'll think twice about it. I think I'm at an age where I'm starting to drink less in general. Like I I'd rather wake up on a Sunday not hung over and be able to like go like have a nice day on walks and stuff. I know as boring as that sounds. Thirty-five, y'all. Yeah, um, not yet. And expose me. Sorry, the thirty-fifth um, year. It's me um, too. But so, but if I'm out at a party. And I am drinking, I don't know if it will change my behavior that much then. It's kind of like once it starts, it's like, not that I can't stop myself, but more like if I'm going to do it, I'm probably going to indulge the way I already have. But I think I will probably overall think about it more and just decide some nights like, even though I'm at a party, I'm not going to drink tonight Yeah, and still have I fun. I
1: wish I knew this when I was younger. That's what I'm a little bit annoyed about. Like now, if you're a young person, you get got this information, you can make like, I never smoked cigarettes growing up
3: because yeah, I was scared it, it of cancer. Yeah, it might change young then. people if yeah, they are able to yeah. see these labels in the way that neither of us started smoking. Not to say other people didn't, but I didn't smoke because of that same yeah, thing. Yeah, because of cancer. Like, and maybe just, if maybe if we didn't if we knew that about alcohol, we wouldn't have I love done smoking. it and we would have wow. found other ways to like in, <laughs> That's giving my you younger know,
1: self so much justice. Like no, it's like I would have been like, "Let's go." Like I would maybe, maybe Yeah, it not wouldn't
3: care. have mattered as much, but obviously it worked for smoking. We yeah. knew a lot that smoking was really bad for you. Yeah. And just decided not to do it. Yeah. So,
1: okay. Well, y'all Hopefully. out there, it's a carcinogen 100%. Um, and uh, let us know if you're going to be going down to two drinks per week or what you think about this because it <laughs> is controversial, especially in Canada. Okay. We will, you'll hear from us next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hold
3: up.